This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, mindful listeners. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. And I'm really excited about the show. Not excited in a good way, actually. Excited in just an intense way. Because you know I always say that when I come on. I'm like, I'm so excited about this episode, and I really am. But this is a really important issue. We're going to be talking about autoimmune diseases. And most importantly, the awareness of them. Because I practice three days a week, and I have a very full practice. And I have to tell you, in the last six, seven years, the incidence of autoimmune diseases, whether it's lupus, Hashimoto's, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, you name it, is on the rise. Women get affected far more than men. And we need to know more about it, especially knowledge that you have of your own body, because it's important to understand and get help. So to talk about this subject, I have the lovely actress and producer, believe it or not. Yep. Not a medical doctor. This is somebody that's going to give you her personal story. Kelly Martin. She uh, is known best for her roles on ER and life goes on. Kelly is the American autoimmune related disease association, national spokesperson. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. So, okay. So I remember you, I, I got your bio and I was like, Oh my gosh. Why? What is? How? How? Why? How old is she? Uh, she's been around forever. <laughs> I'm like, there's a disconnect. This is Kelly Martin, and we're talking about autoimmune diseases. Hey, what's going on? But you know, as I yes. continue to investigate and understand more, I mean, we all you know know you from uh, the '90s family drama, Life Goes On. Um, and then for me, I was an ER addict. I was, and you uh, landed that part of the medical student Lucy Knight. Uh, and that was back in, what, 1998? Yes, that was um, a long time ago. And um, such an honor to jump onto that show because it was one of my favorite shows as well. I just loved the work they were doing on that show. Yeah. So around that time, your sister, Heather, caught a virus. Yeah. So um, basically, I was asked to join the cast of ER probably in the like late winter of uh, 98. And my sister had started to, uh, I'm, let's just say she is probably, she probably had had symptoms for two years that we didn't know. But um, she was under a lot of stress at college, uh, most likely caught a virus. And um, what ended up happening was um, finally after months, we ended up finding out that she had lupus. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody in my family has ever been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Uh, we didn't know what lupus was. And, um, like I said, it was kind of the, it was the perfect storm. It was stress, a virus, and an underlying condition that allowed right. this disease to blossom and present itself. And, and Heather's case became very extreme, very fast. And that yeah, was, so you, and that was right before I joined the cast of ER. Okay. So, and you had mentioned she has... She had had symptoms like stiff joints, um, muscle pain, uh, fatigue, yeah. uh, abdominal yeah. discomfort, an inability to eat. And so what those, was the process like? More, so those were the more pronounced symptoms that happened, you know, around the time she quote unquote got sick. But right. there were symptoms before that, as my mom and I look back, uh, that we just kind of accepted as who Heather was. She had the classic um, rash on her face that mm. looked like rosy cheek. Mm-hmm. And that butterfly she rash, was yeah. always the butterfly rash. She was always very lazy. 
Like mm-hmm. whenever she had the chance to just spend, you know, spend the morning on the couch, she would. Mm. Um, she did always have kind of, uh, she always had like trouble with her hands, but nothing was pronounced. And um, as I look back at photographs of her, she definitely started to swell, like her body started, the inflammation showed in photographs as I look back now. But when you're living in the moment and someone is hiding their symptoms, which is what we ended up deciding she had done. Um, and then when they weren't severe, nobody was going to the doctor. You know, she just kind of kept it to herself and right. just learned how to move forward with her life. Um, and right. until she literally couldn't walk, basically woke up one morning and could not walk, then obviously uh, everyone started to pay, to pay attention. Yeah. And you mentioned that doctors were somewhat baffled um, uh, during the diagnostic process. Uh, her symptoms were there. She obviously, uh, you know, had a conglomerate of them. She saw eight different doctors uh, and they all missed the lupus diagnosis, but she was finally diagnosed, but it was too late. Right. So she had seen an internist here in Los Angeles, just in his office, um, a couple of times my mom had brought her in uh, when she was experiencing these symptoms. And he kept saying, don't worry, she's just tired and stressed and she's got a virus. Virus is the word that just kept coming up. It's a virus. Um and it wasn't, and then finally, you know, in, like in the middle of the night when she'd wake up with massive abdominal pain and my mom ended up taking her to the emergency room, um, the doctors weren't looking for lupus because they were basically just wanting to deal with her massive abdom- abdominal pain. They were just treating kind of like whatever the symptom is they saw in the moment. And, and this happens for, a, you know, a couple of, like many times. And finally... We went and saw another internist, um, recommended by a friend, and he took one look at my sister's um, record and said, she has a classic case of lupus. He looked at her, you know, the all the tests that right. had been run, um, looked at her in person, talked to her about her symptoms, and he said, she has lupus, <laughs> like, without yeah. missing a beat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she was admitted to the hospital gosh, it's hard to remember. It's been 20 years now. She was admitted to the hospital within days after that and never left. And so she died there. And she did. But she had a classic case of lupus that nobody was looking for. And right. now, not all, with all the things I know now, having you know been artist, both person, um, I mean, I can diagnose lupus now. <laughs> like I have, like course. I've diagnosed my friends with many different things. Um, obviously, I am not a doctor, but I see the kind of cluster of symptoms, and I say, you need to go talk to this rheumatologist about your symptoms. Right. Bless um, your heart. So listen, based on your experience, because obviously this is, look, sometimes this experience is better than any medical training on the earth, and I say that with all due respect because I have a medical training myself. Why do you think it's so hard for people suffering from an autoimmune disease to get a proper diagnosis? And well, I should say, and timely diagnosis, because I think if your sister Heather had been had more of a timely diagnosis, she would probably still be with us to this day. I agree with you. I mean, I think if a year before she had her acute, like the acute symptoms, um, I think she could have gotten a diagnosis and dealt with it as a chronic disease. Um, I mean, my sister's was almost like a car accident. It was like everything was happening at once. 
But I think the reason why people struggle to get a diagnosis is because the symptoms are uh, seemingly unrelated. They're often, you know, they come and go. They, um, what I tell people basically is keep a journal of your symptoms because when you finally get your visit to the doctor or the specialist, you may not be experiencing those symptoms. But if you have them written down and you're able to very accurately describe how you were feeling or these, you know, cluster of symptoms, uh, then that will help your doctor diagnose you or point you to someone who can. Um, I hate to say this, it's because it affects so many women, it's a kind of sexist thing when you go in and the doctor's like, it's just your time of the month or it's, you're just, you're just tired. It's hard to be a mom or whatever. I, I hear women tell me this all the time, that it's kind of just, you're just tired. Um, and I think patient, people are often not their own best advocates. I think that when you get into the doctor's office, you don't want something to be wrong. So you don't, you just want to feel good and you just want to be okay. So it's hard to be your own best advocate and, and list off these symptoms and say precisely what happened two weeks ago even though you feel okay now, and to be very right. um, assertive about that with your doctor. Right. It's hard to do that, so, but I think that yep, that it, is the best way to get a diagnosis. Great. You know, and I just, I have to interject, and I, uh, all conflict of interest aside, I am a naturopathic medical doctor, and, you know, we we work hard at trying to identify and treat the cause of a clinical presentation. Um, and so, a lot of naturopathic doctors, integrative doctors, functional medicine doctors have this as their wheelhouse. You know, we take the clinical presentation and we want to do that excavation of symptoms. We want to understand. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to treat di We don't want to treat lab tests or people. Excuse me. We don't want to treat lab tests. We want to treat physiology. Like, what's the mechanism right. behind the diagnosis? Um, and doing that work, right. I think, especially for women, and there's there's a reason why so many more women than men uh, are suffering from autoimmune diseases, and it does have to do with our physiology, but it's important to understand. So let's talk about the um, American Autoimmune Related Diseases Association. How long have you been uh, have how long have you been supporting them? And um, can you tell hey. tell us about a, a bit about the work that they do and the resources resources that they provide? So I've been with them, I would say, about 18 years. So my sister's been gone 20 years. It actually is this year's the 20th anniversary of her death. <clears throat> and so I sorry. came to work with Arda, I guess, about two years after that, a uh, year and a half maybe, um, as a way to be constructive with my grief because right. I felt very helpless. I felt like uh, this, this insane thing just happened to my family. Um, I felt... Obvious, obviously horrible and I you know miss my sister every day but I also I was thinking selfishly about me too and um, my future children and um, my friends so the mm -hmm. reason I don't work just for a lupus specific organization is I have one of my best friends from college has scleroderma my mother-in-law has rheumatoid arthritis I know people with autoimmune diseases and the thing I love so much about Arda is that they approach um, they approach autoimmune disease as one umbrella disease one umbrella disease that has all these other diseases kind of underneath it. So if they find you know if they're if they help find um, you know some great drug 
for arthritis that might help with lupus. And so it just basically is just, ARDA is about cross-pollinating and making sure that you deal with the root of of the cause. And um, they don't prioritize one disease over another. So that is why I went to ARDA, because I thought that that was a very smart way to approach dealing with autoimmune disease. And ARDA... Um, my my function mostly with ARDA is public awareness. Um, right. I I've spoken at various symposiums that ARDA has organized. Um, I've lobbied on Capitol Hill numerous times, um, and I you know go on talk shows and I I I definitely let people know I am not a doctor. Um, this is my perspective on what happened to my family. This is what I think you know can and should be done, and ARDA's a great place that that's doing all of those things um and i still believe in virginia ladd the founder who um has had lupus forever and has lived with it for so many years um she her heart and soul is devoted to this organization and the thing i love so much is when you you know i donate money to them every year i know exactly where my money is going my money is sure is going to help patients and help find um a cure and uh, i feel very confident in that you know, I love that because I think it is a question uh, when donating money to organizations. You all, I think, especially these days with the incredibly creative scammers out there, <laughs> there is a I question know. sometimes about, hey, where does your money go? So that's a really great yeah. thing to understand and for people to understand. And, you know, and finding yeah. a cure, I think that's so important because um, there are obviously pharmaceutical agents that are prescribed for autoimmune diseases. And I've seen it my entire career, uh, especially let's just say for, uh, I'll give an example, Hashimoto's, which is a um, which is an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. And I've seen that conventional doctors will basically just get that TSH in within normal limits, that thyroid stimulating hormone, which is sort of the gold standard um, right now in conventional medicine regarding thyroid function. We could talk another whole show about that. Um, and they don't at all address the autoimmune component of this disease. Right. And right. what I feel is damaging about that approach is that if we don't address the autoimmune condition about the disease, the, the disease not only progresses, but the patient's symptoms progress. You can get the TSH within normal limits with giving Synthroid, et cetera. Right. But unless you, unless you excavate the, uh, as you said, you know, Heather had a, you mentioned, and go back and remind me, you mentioned that she had an underlying condition. Will you remind me what that is, what that was? Well, no, I mean, I it, it, it was lupus. So I think yeah. I mean, she had lupus. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the virus. Right. And so the she was, yeah. Allowed. Right. So she, yeah. Immunocompromised because she, she definitely had an autoimmune disease. Uh, and then certainly getting a virus uh, probably didn't have the capacity, her immune system, to, to fight off that virus. And then stress, of course, is another contributing factor to being immunocompromised. And so I just want to say that, yes, um, medications to provide symptom relief are there, uh, but there is a system of medicine and bigger thinkers where we can excavate and get to the bottom and identifying and treating the cause of why your own immune system would attack certain tissues and cells of your body. Right. And, I, you know, I have, a, I have actually a very good friend who... Um, who has lupus and was <laughs> ended up got, getting diagnosed because of she, because she knows me because that was on her radar. Um, 
she is basically symptom free, she had to go through heavy medication to get to where she's symptom free. But now the work is preventative medicine and managing um, her diet and, or, you know, making sure that she has all the tools she needs to never have to go back to where she needs the heavy medication. So, I mean, I think that so often when a disease is so bad, you have to have the, you know, bring in the big guns and, and sure. deal with all of these symptoms that are threatening your life. Um, and, and take the heavy medication. I mean, my sister was on cytoxin, which, you know, you can't mm-hmm. have children after that. Like Mm-mm. she, but we were trying everything just to save her life. But for mm-hmm. someone who, who is able to manage it, you know, as on a daily basis, it is about, um, the way you, the way you treat your body going forward, how you, sure. I mean, my friend is a yoga, yoga teacher now and her yoga and meditation and diet are the way that's the way she manages her lupus um, because she doesn't have to take the drugs anymore um, and she may yeah, have well, to hopefully not but now she does abs- absolutely I mean I think that that is brilliant because I do believe that there is value in all systems of medicine and I completely agree with you there is a time and a place for everything and I am not my my parents were both pharmacists and I'm certainly not anti-pharmaceuticals you know <laughs> they save people's lives um and mm-hmm. I think when we're talking about such an intense disease that is on the rise you have to look at these contributing factors you know so I see these autoimmunity uh, considerations in the inflammatory nature of our um sometimes diet detoxification the stress that you mentioned, mm-hmm. so the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access uh, digestion, I think is extremely important. Yes. There, this whole leaky yes. gut thing that folks talk about, or hyperpermeability, I mean, can create there, immune... there, are some, there are some people who think that leaky gut is the is the cause of like all of it, um, yeah. potentially. I, my my the internist I see now, who I like a lot. Um, see the re- part of the reason I go to him. Um, for my, you know, yearly physical. And we talk a lot about, obviously, we talk a lot about autoimmune disease. And, and my, my, my big fear of developing it myself because it is, it clusters in families. So I just, I feel like once my sister was diagnosed, it was just a foregone conclusion that I will someday be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I love this doctor because he says to me, he's like, well, you don't have to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I'm like, well, I don't want to. He said, well, all you have to do is make sure that you live your life so that that never happens. That will never prevent itself to present itself, and he is all about um, food allergies and yep. leaky gut, and making sure that your um, really your gut is functioning as it should. And he really believes that that's the root of so many of them. And I'm gonna kind of go go with this for now, and you know, knock on wood, I I've been tested. My ANA is, is tested frequently, and so far, so good. Um, but I'm incredibly careful. And my poor 11-year-old is always saying to me, she's like, Ugh, Mom, why can't you shop at the normal grocery store? Why do we have to have all these healthy foods? I'm so sick of healthy food. And I and I have two daughters. And I say I say to Maggie, my 11-year-old, I'm like, sweetie, I, I know what we're up against genetically. So, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. You are going sorry, to, not sorry. as long as you're living under my roof, you are going to eat organic food and you are going to get everything you need. I mean, when you go to a friend's house, you can have some, you know, some kind of candy if, if you, if you must. But under our roof, we take 
very, very good care of our body. And I exercise every single day. I never miss um, my exercise. Like I'm just really, really cautious. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I, I, I love it. You know, I have a friend that had had kids and we were catching up and um, she's like, oh my God, I, I, they, they changed your, your life. She's like, I never used to think about, you know, buying food at the grocery store and putting it in a plastic bag. But now I know I just can't because it, any, any decision I make can, can affect their lives. And I was like, it yeah, was just so precious. Um, it's but true. you know, I mean, it's what I think, yeah, what I think you're doing is you are mitigating, knowing that you have, so self-knowledge, right? So knowing that you have, and this is a horrible analogy, and I've said it on the show before, and I haven't been able to come up with another one, but I think genetics can load the gun, lifestyle can pull the trigger. And I think yeah, what you're doing effectively that's actually is... actually a great analogy. Except that it has to do with guns and, you know... I know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you, but I see what you're, where you're going there, and yeah. it, it is, but, it's, but it's a good analogy. But I, I think what you're doing is mitigating the potential contributing factors to having your body start an autoimmune disease because of, you know, all of those factors conglomerating and having tissue pathology and then having the immune system get confused and imbalanced and having a process like that start. Because I have to tell you, by the yeah. time somebody gets diagnosed with something like this, what and we've, we've mentioned it, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma. Uh, lupus, Hashimoto's, there has been changes happening for a long time. So I think what you're doing is taking control and prevention is the cure. Right. I mean, I, I, I also really, my, my, my theory is all of this starts um, when your baby's being built. I mean, I started yeah. really changing my diet and making sure that um, I was very mindful of, of, how I treated my body when I got pregnant. Um, cause I just feel like that's the building block. My, my child is being built in, in my body. So she needs, you know, absolutely all the help she can get. And, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want anyone to live inside my head as far as the way I worry about things. I mean, I get very, very panicked when my children get something simple like a cold, just because I think, because it goes back to with my sister, the virus was the trigger, they, you know, they tell me. So I, you know, I actually, I see someone, I have a therapist who I talk at length about my experience with my sister because um, I try so hard not to reflect that onto my children. But it's unfortunately very, very present in my mind and in my life. Um I've learned lessons, but I also, I worry more than the average person should, for sure. Yeah, well, I am sorry about that, but I think that you're doing such great work, so hopefully that helps mitigate the worry. So how can we keep the conversation going? Um, how can people connect with ARDA if they need to, to learn more about lupus and other autoimmune diseases? What's the best way well, to raise that Ar- awareness? I mean, ARDA.org is a great place to start. It's actually a really great website. It's so user-friendly. Um, I think what's so important is that people find each other. I feel like that, you know, they are very good about connecting people with each other. If you're someone who's been newly diagnosed or someone whose mother's been newly diagnosed and you want to find your people, you want to connect with patient groups, you want to feel like you're being um, constructive with the situation you discovered yourself in, Arda, the, the website is a very, very good place to start. Um, so All I right, encourage so- people to kind of... 
start there, arda.org, A-A-R-D-A.org, start there. Um, Great. And find your people, really find your people. And also, they can recommend doctors in your area. Um, if you don't know, I mean, some people don't even know what a rheumatologist is. And, you know, they can help you find one. Um, they can help you find the person who's actually doing good work with some, with respect to some specific disease. Um, Great. They're just an like, endlessly, endlessly useful resource. And, um, I mean, I even use them sometimes, like, I'll call up Virginia, the woman who runs Arda, and say, I've got a friend in Missouri, and we can't, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're just a really, um, and it, and it's, and it's run by, it's a small organization that does very big things. And so I, I think it. the thing that's so nice is, again, I said, you know exactly where your dollars are going. I've been to their office. It is modest and, um, <laughs> was donated. Um, so, and you know, whenever I travel for Arda, when I, you know, go to DC to lobby, they always want to put me up at like the, the most modest hotel. And I always say, you know what? I will pay for my hotel. I'm happy to yeah. be here. This is my way to help because they don't, they are so careful with donor dollars. Um, but anyway, that's, that's a great place to start. And I also think, you know, with my sister, she hid her symptoms. I think that people really, really need to not let things go. If you are, you know, you know your body, pay attention to what's happening in mm. your body. And if you've got something that keeps reoccurring, go talk to someone. Um, it, you may not go to the, the right doctor first. You know, maybe it's your dermatologist you start talking to, or maybe it's your eye doctor you start talking to. But start the conversation. Start asking questions. Don't just go on WebMD and, and, and research because you will <laughs> yeah. come up with some crazy stuff. But, Dr. Google. Um, you know, you, you you don't want to diagnose yourself, but you want to start the conversation. Um, and I also right. think it's important to find doctors who will treat you as a person and as a whole person, as opposed to a specific genre of disease. Diseases. That's really, yep. really Got important. It. Yeah, this is definitely something that you can, there's, there's a lot of things that can be treated well with reduction of sick medicine, like if you get in a car accident, but this is something that is certainly not. So I appreciate your advocacy. There you have it, folks, blowing your mind here. Kelly Martin went from being, still is, an actress and producer to a huge advocate. The organization, once again, is the American Autoimmune Related Disease Association. That's ARDA, A-A-R-D-A dot org. Kelly, you're rocking and rolling. I appreciate so much the work that you do, changing lives out there. Um, mindful listeners, thanks again for spending some time during your day with us, and we'll see you next time.